Hello and welcome to Eat Sleep Code, the official Telerik podcast. This is a special episode recorded on the first day of Build 2016. John Bristow will be your host as he interviews developers from the show floor. All right, we're here at Build. I'm uh, talking to Chris Heilman, who's on the Edge team. Is that is that an accurate description? Of sorts, yeah. yeah. I'm in the I'm in the outreach team, and I cover Edge. I cover interoperability between browsers, and I work a lot with the uh, with the cognitive services we call them right now as well. And formerly, you're at Mozilla. Yes. And uh, you know, you're a big fan of web standards, as we all know. So, what's going on with Edge these days? You guys really excited and pumped? Absolutely. I mean, uh, my my thing about Edge is like uh, I always wanted to beat Internet Explorer. This is what I think Edge should do, and we're doing really, really good with that. And it's the out-of-the-box browser, and I think far too many uh, in the little bubble of us web developers don't understand that the out-of-the-box browser is the most important thing, because people download browsers when they are developers or when they want to have a service of a certain company, but normally they just click an icon and go online. So the browser that comes out-of-the-box needs to be a really good browser, and in this case, we've done a really good job, I think. Yeah, it looks really tight. I mean, the features I've been seeing in it, the ink support, the uh, Touch ID, is it called, or whatever you guys are calling it. Uh, that's the iOS version of it, I guess, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys call that, the the password integration or the hello, credentials? Hello, oh, hello, that's yeah. right, excuse me, sorry. You can see I've been reading a lot about it. Um, but yeah. uh, no, it's, it looks really good, and I'm, I've been the thing I've been caring the most about is the standards, which I know you guys are pretty keen on as well, right? Yeah, the ES6 support, especially in the JavaScript engine, is incredibly good. And now the other browsers have caught on as well, and that was really good to see that kind of competition in that, especially also in the Node world. In the Node world, you had one JavaScript engine, and now we have Chakra Core, which we open sourced out of the browser to give you a competition on the Node ML, uh, side as well. So it's going to be very interesting to see how many people can use ES6 out of the box now without having to go through any uh, compilation with like Babel.js or going through a meta language like uh, like TypeScript or something like that. So I think by having a good JavaScript engine, we we, we boosted both the server-side JavaScript and the client-side JavaScript, and that's very exciting to me to see as well. So what's what's do you, what do you guys see as like? I, I know there was that I think there was a session on earlier today where you guys were looking into like what what you're thinking about next and. You know things. I know, obviously, yes, is is a big sort of focus for you guys. Um, you know, is there anything else that that you guys would would be like to have pretty soon? Or well, there's a lot of stuff coming, and the good thing is, on the uh, in two days we got the Edge Summit here in uh, in San Francisco, where all the videos will be available, all the slide decks will be available. But we're going to show you what's coming next. So the story this time is like last time we showed you Edges here. This time we're like, okay, a year has passed. What happened? And the big thing is is mostly uh, a few things I don't want to say yet. But uh, the big thing is the more open we get, the more we actually get help from people out there. And one of the things that is big mis is missing or was missing in the past was that we built a thing, but we never allowed you to tell us what's broken in an easy manner. Now we have like user voice to tell us to, 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 uh, to get new features in, but we're taking the next step this time to allow you to actually be part of this much more as well. That's we're not, awesome. we're not yeah. open sourcing it. That's yeah, not yeah. the case. No, no, that's but fine. <laughs> no, I love, I love the transparency, especially when you're seeing like, okay, here's where we're at. You know, here's what we've done, and here's what we're thinking about. This is what's in progress, et cetera, et cetera. That's, I think, a big change from previous years. So I think you guys should be praised for that. Absolutely, because it's uh, it's also exciting for me coming from Mozilla to Microsoft. And uh, during my job interview, I had all these demands. You know, like <laughs> I'm the kind of guy I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna give my voice to a company that then doesn't do it. And like whatever we delivered in the year that I'm here was exceeding my expectations as well. It's like. The team is very dedicated. They're not the most out. Uh, they're not as out as, as some other browser makers are, but because they're super busy, 
And the main difference to other browsers I found as well is like every change we do in the browser, we we, we interrupt a lot of developers in their day-to-day -day life. As, web as a web developer myself, the most insightful thing in the last few weeks when I worked on a few build demos was working with Windows developers and they all debug in Visual Studio. Mm -hmm. They don't yep. debug in the browser. So when you look at the F12 developer tools, you say like, oh, it's missing all the other features that the other ones have. It's because 90% of our developers don't use them. They just basically have these tools already in their IDE. And that's when I find it really exciting as well when we got Visual Studio Code as an open source JavaScript editor uh, that we now can use, the, uh, you can put your, um, your JavaScript breakpoints in your editor and you run the browser in the background, it goes back to the editor. So rather than like stepping through your, uh, your breakpoints in the browser tools, you step through your breakpoints where you code. And that saves you a lot of time. Yeah, and you see the it. call stack, you see uh, locals, you see everything, you can step through it. And yeah, it's wonderful. It's even available to extensions, which is pretty yes, nice as well. That was a very important part because we wanted to be compatible with like Atom and all the others because extensions are fun to write, especially for editors. It's an own ecosystem in itself, if you think about it. Yeah, and to be clear, the extensions I'm talking about are VS Code extensions. Yes, yes. Uh, extensions <laughs> for Edge are in the making as well. We're showing some yeah, off yeah. here right now. But we want to we make sure that this is the right thing. Yeah. I mean, all the other browsers are unhappy about add-ons and extensions as well because there's a lot of security problems with it. Yeah, of course. There's a lot of performance problems with it. And for us as developers, it's exciting, but we also complain that, that browsers use up a lot of memory and a lot of times it's some extension doing it and not the browser. So I find that very bizarre to like, I mean, I want everything to be extensible as well, but I understand the more complex the extension model gets, the more slower the browser gets. So that's what we don't want. If anything, we want the web to be faster. You're, uh, you're a busy man, you're always on the road. Where are you speaking next? Uh, next, I'm going to go to Sweden. And uh, uh, well, yeah, I'm going to Sweden for four, five days, then I'm coming back here, and then I'm speaking at DevRel Conf here in San Francisco. All right, there you heard it. So if you want to see Chris in action, you can go and check out one of those events if you're in town. Otherwise, thanks, Chris, for talking to us at Build. We'll see you guys next. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's You're funny. You're all tan. It's been years. For, for people listening to this, uh, the three people who are listening to this, um, I haven't seen Dana uh, for about five years. And yeah. uh, I think that was the last time I saw you. It was probably at some event, Microsoft event that we did. Um, so, Dana, you're CTO now of which Kaseya. Kaseya. Yeah. Uh, you're here at Build. You're hanging out. Yeah. What did you think of this morning's keynote? sort of announcements I got I was what do you think of the ruler the ruler's pretty bad the ruler's badass. awesome yeah. you know I'm looking at my surface book going that's going to be actually pretty cool I can <laughs> use that so, that's cool yeah, yeah so we saw we saw the ruler which was good we saw the fedora guy that guy was awesome yeah? he's yeah, like my that, spirit animal I was you know it's reminding me of Rodney's shoes yeah, right? yeah, yeah you know yeah, just yeah. that attitude and yeah. just amazing presentation so, so if people don't know he's making a reference to a, a, a former colleague of mine and, and uh, work colleague of, uh, of ours that we uh, we had a lot of respect for um, when he went on stage for his shoes. Um, <laughs> this guy was very well dressed. Uh, so what did we see today? We saw some announcements around Windows 10. Yep. We saw the um, the announcement around the availability of, uh, what is it, the preview or the the anniversary yes. update preview. Which is nice that everyone's getting for free. Yes. Which is awesome. We saw, I haven't downloaded the update for Visual Studio yet, but mm. that one's come, today. Oh, that's update two. Yeah. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And then do we know what's in that? No? 
No, Anything? Actually, probably just probably new stuff. Well, lot, lots of new capabilities to light up a whole bunch of the things that have been going on. Yep. A lot of stuff that they'll be talking about in the next couple of days. That's right. So. Uh, we saw, what else did we see? We saw HoloLens. Cognitive. Oh, Cognitive. Yeah, sorry. That right. to me was the one of the killer things that has been just so underplayed. Not a oh. lot of people ought to understand All it. All right, what's your take on it? I, I really love it because it's the concept now that we're going to actually be able to use machine learning in the cloud to deliver things to our applications in a meaningful way. We could be our own Bing with the data we have in the system, which you is- be your own Bing. Being your own Bing. I like it. So um, what applications do you see kind of coming out of that? Like, they got this, I kind of struggle to think about it. Like, what would I ask myself if I had this, like, well, if I had Hal sitting in my corner? Think beyond that. Think about yeah. what you can do if you can start taking metadata and binding it in a way that you can actually have more human interactions. Yeah. So like, today I have to deal with facts with like, some of the software that we're working on that we have like 10 million endpoints connecting into some fabric and we want to be able to do interesting things like which one of these are not meeting compliance obligations. Right. How about just being able to say that? Show me all machines that don't meet compliance. That's actually something that through the machine learning and through things like Lewis that they can wire in together and make that actually available. What's what's Lewis? Wow, you're going to have to go to that session and oh, see. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, compliance to me is, is just... <laughs> You know, sort of thing. So yeah, but no, but it's not just that. It's like anything. So imagine if you're in gaming and you wanted sure. to be able to know, as an example, as part of that, being able to speak into it and say, you know, show me where my the closest medic center is or something yeah. in the middle of the game, right? And the map shops up there. Well, it seems like that wouldn't be all that useful until you start wiring things together and just realize it's like it's just taking the concept of being able to say, I don't know how it's going to work today, yeah. but I can use machine learning to predict and make it better. And when you link that with other things like the whole new bots. Yes, capability. yes, the bot you, framework that you, I got you announced. You start wiring together this concept that you can have these logical human interactions with data. We're, we're talking about Skynet, aren't we? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Actually, it's kind of funny. I was I, when, when I first they did the demo on there, I was like, wow, it's like Max Headroom. That's going to be really good. <laughs> like, right. I'm going to make a Max Headroom bot for Skype. The, bots have, the bots have become self-aware. Is that go. what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah soon, soon the conference will just be run by bots. And yeah. Then we don't have to count. They'll just come send They'll tweet it out oh, to us. Jesus. <laughs> Cool. Are you going to do anything with bots? Do you think? Do you see? I anything? am. I yeah. am. Yeah. Actually, I just. I was kind of funny. I was uh, um, looking at the thing. There's actually a session tonight on um, writing Skype bots. So I'm going to go oh, take a look right. and do that because I'm going to wire that in because I can see things like uh, asking questions like you know um, right in the bot being able to how many machines are not fully patched. Gotcha. Right, and it'll come back, give you a number, and say patch all these machines. And the botnet can actually take that information, push that into our REST service, and go do it. Yeah. Right, like those kind of more human interactions would yeah. be useful. Um, or having the bot re report back out to you pieces of data that you want to get out of there yeah. in a more meaningful way. I just see that I, as so valuable. I, I like the vision. It's just the execution that's always the hard bit. Yeah. And uh, it reminds me of the conversations that people had when they talked about soap web services when they first came out. Yeah. And they were talking about how services would talk to each other, and one service would say to the other service, Hey, nice weather we're having today. And the other service would say, "Yeah, uh, I am hungry. Thank you. I'll have a Coke." Yeah. You know, and it's just jibber jabber, basically. So, but that's part of the value of using Azure and taking advantage of things like ML, because now we're actually able to, like, I don't know, that whole demo where they're able, to, like, "Hey, we don't understand the context of what Moscone means, but yeah. you map it now to location, and now knows that in the future." Yeah, that's just helping it learn. So you're taking human heuristics and allowing it to map into data constructs and okay. say, this is a better way of handling it. It's like the Whopper from War Games, you know? <laughs> What's it doing? It's learning. It's learning, exactly. <laughs> and it gets better and smarter with time. You know, someone's going to write that demo just for build next year where, oh, yeah. the, where they would just do the tic-tac-toe game and then yeah. the whole thing would just blow up, you know? Would you like to play a game? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I like it. I think we come up with our next demo. There you go. Did we see anything else that... that 
caught your attention or imagination? We saw HoloLens. That's a little bit, you know, still off into the future future focus, if you ask me. I, I but. think so. I, it's interesting to see the doctor, you know, the presentation they're yeah. having and learning and in a visual way. Um, I don't think I'm there yet for me, but okay. I can see the value to some people. I think architects, as an example, being able to walk through a drawing right. could be very valuable. It's very Johnny Mnemonic yeah, sort of uh, Minority Report-ish. Yeah. You know, we've been always wanting that, but I don't know about you. Like, I've, I work with the... Uh, what was that device? Oh, what is the device called that pairs up with the uh, the Xbox? Gosh, what is that? Um, it's the one that looks at you. It's always on. Connect. That's oh, it. Connect. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you know, people were like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in front of my face, yeah. and I'm gonna you know move things around." And like, I'm like, after about five minutes, my arms got tired. Like, I'm yeah. I'm actually quite a lazy human being. I found out. Just I, I I'm not gonna mention anything about a certain like dance off that I remember someone <laughs> doing quite well on when Connect first came and out. And Dana's but. making. I'm not afraid to say it. Dana's referencing a time where we had an event where we had a Connect. And I proceeded to dance very poorly. Uh, I am I have two left feet. Um, but, you know, thinking about HoloLens, like the amount of physical activity, like I'm not, I don't see a lot of like people wanting to do that level of physical activity, interact with just data. Do you? Um, I don't, yeah, I don't either. But I think what happened is it's the augmented reality part okay. that they can start tying in, which has more value. It's it's now having interaction with the yeah. user where Connect wasn't that way. Yeah. You're, you're shackled to that TV. The thing I still, that is yeah. a completely isolated PC running with I agree. 10. I agree. There's two issues that I see with it, and there's the only two ones that I see. Is one, you need a big battery because if you're gonna yeah. walk, if you're gonna walk around with this thing, yeah, I'm wondering how hot that. We yeah, get it just it just starts sweating yeah, and everything. Yeah. And then two, the other thing that I see is you're gonna look like a complete dork with this thing on. If you, if you're doing the augmented reality thing where you're walking down the street. Yeah, but they said the same thing about the glass holes around. Google yeah, but thing. they look like dorks. Yes. And, you know, like yeah. they just I don't know, but like yeah. it's a great technology, but I don't know. I just I do, I talk to people sometimes wearing those things, and I'm just like. Can you just take those off for a second? I'm really, it's really distracting, yeah. you know? So now you got this thing that covers up your entire face. You look like an F-16 fighter pilot, and you're just <laughs> like, oh, no, no, just everyone act normal, you know? I'm. But it'll get better. It's like every first generation. Right. The first ever Xbox, that thing was a bloody luggage, yeah, right? Yeah. So now look right, at it, right? right? So give it some time. I'm, I'm not too worried about that. And then... That was it, eh? That's well, all. Well, things like the universal um, app platforms. Oh, yeah, dude, dude, the Win32 yes. for yes, being able to store take that. apps it's and like, everything. Hey, yeah. now you don't have to be a modern guy. We'll just go and convert <laughs> it for you and put it in the store. So for we're going to get what? VisiCal in yeah, the store yeah. or something? I'm just thinking of all those VB apps. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, no, don't make it modern. No. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly there's a huge spike of like these really, really all these old. these managers. Yeah, yeah. Get to be I want to see King's Quest, the yeah. original or something like that in yeah. there. Yeah, that's, so that was that, pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And, that, and it's, it's, it's bringing us to that place where we can have that common platform to get to it. And not just for things like the Win32 apps, but, you know, you could kind of see it a little bit there when they were showing Xamarin yeah. and wiring that in, right? Now that Microsoft, you know, um, has bought that, it'll be some interesting things, I think, that'll come out of that in the, the next few years. Right? Yeah, they got that universal, true universal story now. Yeah. Right, so and then we we'll get to this point where you know you build it on Windows. Yeah, and that becomes your dev platform, and you can do that. Hey, and then for me, being an old Unix guy, yeah. it's nice to have Bash, Bash. in there. Yeah. You know, that was like I don't know. I mean, I use Sigwin for so long. I have too. Yeah, and I was just like, eh, you know, sort of thing. But, but it's more native now. It's in there, and yeah. what's interesting is things like having the clean SSH right in there. Correct. All yeah. those other tools. I'm gonna actually be able to use Vi. Like, what the hell is that? You're showing Emacs. On yeah, there. yeah, so yeah. I know. Boom. But it was like <laughs> yeah, I got a couple of people's nose out of joint <laughs> when that happened. So that's funny. Yeah. Um, anything you're working on that, that people should know about 
at all? Uh, or you I just, can't talk about the No, no, I understand. Anymore. I'm not talking about your work work, but just like, are you going to be at a conference coming up or anything like that? Are you speaking somewhere security-wise? Uh, yeah, or? so actually I've been doing some talks lately you know, on the MVP and RD side yeah. on things like um, leveraging uh, OMS, so uh, Operations yeah, Management yeah, yeah, Suite, yeah. and taking all the security analytics and stuff you can query right out of there in a more natural language. And Maybe then, maybe apply some machine learning. Exactly. Well, that's exactly it. You take that data out and you can push that into ML yeah. and you can get predictive analysis of a threat detection and look at things like um, um, where's point of compromise. Right. So you can. There's some very amazing things we can do in Azure that we could not do on premise. So just I can't collect that amount of data across so many uh, different systems. Sure. Um, and because you have all the firewalls there, now I can start breaking that down, pushing everything up into Azure, giving us what we need, computing it, and then dropping. I can get are out you, of there. Are so you going to be talking about that soon? I, well, yeah. Actually, I'm demoing that. Um, I think in Vancouver in about a month. Okay. And um, I will be doing a couple little tours there, showing people how to use it to do that. It's, it's, it's actually pretty, uh, OMS is, in itself is actually a pretty good thing, but when you then tie it into like PowerShell and yeah, go yeah. into the back end yeah, of the, yeah, the yeah, calls, yeah. you can do some amazing things with I've it. I've always used it, I've always felt like Captain Picard on the Enterprise, <laughs> the bridge of the Enterprise whenever I see those tools, and yeah. like you see one node of a million just light up and like, there's your problem right there. There it is, yeah, yeah. exactly. And you're just like, deploy the bots, you know? <laughs> so, but, and this is where it starts getting interesting. Imagine if you start doing things like gluing the OMS data store with things like um, the cognitive um, human interaction that they have for their search engine components, right? And then pump that through. So you're a asking bot. just sort of natural query. Yeah, you get this yeah. natural query going into OMS and popping that out through your is, bot. Is my stuff so, on fire? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, please, exactly. please define. Right. What does or, on fire or, mean? Or have the bot push that in? So if yeah. you're on a Slack channel, or if you're in, um, you know, in other some other kind of more uh, natural. Um, place that you're hanging out and all of a sudden it's telling you, yeah. hey, guess what I just saw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You, won't, we dude, think, you won't believe this. <laughs> you won't believe this. This is going on. And then you report and say, you know, send me a link or something. Sure. And all of a sudden pops you up a link, you click it and all of a sudden you're in like the security center and you're looking yeah. at what's going on. These sound you sound excited valuable. about this. You sound like you're, you know, it's good. I have never had the tooling to be able to do that kind of stuff. Okay. Now I do. Now yeah. it's a matter of just us putting it together. Well, you heard it here, folks. Dana, Dana Epps going to create Skynet. There and uh, he's going to sell it for a bazillion dollars, as he always does, <laughs> and uh, make, make, make us all look terrible. There so, uh, yeah, thanks. Dana, right, I really appreciate the chat. You. Yeah, you too. Right on.